Commandos. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nookie spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos in the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Episode number six. How you doing, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher? And I know everyone is going to be disappointed that you won't be able to look at our lovely faces today. But we are uh, actually setting up for ESPN Plus broadcast tonight of ETSU and Tennessee in volleyball. So certainly... Uh, a big game going on there as uh, we're doing some testing with ESPN today to make sure we can get that uh, going for you. But we will be talking ETSU football pretty exclusively today, at least the first two segments. We're going to recap the Limestone game. Then we'll talk about the press conference yesterday, which had some – Mars Hill, just making sure that you know he plays Mars Hill, not Limestone. Oh, that's well, – well, you know what? We still won that game. Right. We won that game either way. That's correct. You know. uh, 21-point victories, too, both of them. So, well, it's key, but both dubs, both dubs open ups. And eerily similar, Bucks struggle both first. I, I guess in the first game, first possession, obviously ETSU scored at Limestone. Didn't they had a little bit of lull and scored, you know, a couple quick ones right before halftime. Third quarter kind of fooled out. This time it was sort of the second, third quarter switch with Mars Hill. The second quarter a little bit of a lull, or first half for that matter, a lull until the last position first half. And then really – sort of the athleticism and everything kicked in, and then it became uh, elementary from that point. I mean, give Marshall credit, though. They they made plays and did everything they could do. And, uh, you know, it'll be a similar situation. ETSU's going to have to have a lot of breaks this week coming up against Tennessee. They're going to have to do some things for some turnovers, uh, keep Tennessee off balance as long as they can. But both situations, ETSU bigger, stronger, faster in almost every single position. It'll be similar. Tennessee's going to be bigger, stronger, faster in almost every position. doesn't mean uh, wins can't happen. We've already seen FCS teams beat FBS teams. Well, this past weekend, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so we've seen that. So there's plenty of things that, that can happen there. But uh, we, we look forward to recap. We will angry man towards the end of the show, I'm, I'm sure. It's ticked tic- off Tuesday. So we'll see what ticked off Tuesday uh, he's going to have. And then uh, last but not least, we'll talk about that Tennessee ETSU volleyball match. There's a soccer match on Thursday, Tennessee versus ETSU, and then, of course, Saturday, the big matchup down in Knoxville. But backtracking a little bit, balanced offensive attack, almost 300 yards passing, well over 200 yards rushing, and certainly uh, a big day for Randy Sanders offensively. Well, we'll certainly give you the credit that you deserve come Friday when we do our bold predictions recap. You said 185 on the ground or more for ETSU, and I think that they looked fantastic, and there were a lot of guys that really got in on the action. I mean, you talk about averaging almost 10 a carry for Matt Thompson. He didn't get a lot of touches, but he made the most of the ones he got. Jacob Saylor's 70 yards on nine carries, and then Quay Holmes. uh, It was kind of um, foreshadowing a bit from Tim Clifton coming into that game. He called out Quay Holmes on video as someone that he thought looked really, really good, goes 17 for 118 
and a touchdown. And I think Mars Hill had to feel pretty good after a quarter, after about 20, 25 minutes. Now, you started to see in that second quarter there were some missed opportunities for ETSU, a couple turnovers and some inopportune places on the field and uh, didn't capitalize on some areas where I'm sure that they would like to have gotten some points on the board. Of course, J.J. German, so uncharacteristic to miss those field goals. That's something that I can guarantee, and it's not going to be a bold prediction. We won't use this in bold predictions because it's not a bold prediction to say J.J. German will never again in his ETSU career miss multiple field goals in a game. That's out of the way. That's behind him. He's one of the most reliable in this conference, if not at the FCS level. So there could have been some points there. And then you had Quan Harrison right by the goal line. He had that fumble. Um, I'm sure he's going to be squeezing it extra tight. He actually ended up going on to have a big day, 5 for 112 and a score. He certainly got some redemption from that near score that ended up being a fumble and Mars Hill taking over. So I think you started to see ETSU chip away a bit at Mars Hill um, going into that second quarter and, and throughout the first 10 minutes of the second frame that they played. And then you get the touchdown right before the half. And that was the absolutely huge turning point of the game. And one of the things that not only Randy Sanders said, but players said as well was we felt kind of unlucky a bit to start to hit our stride right before the locker room because you've got this momentum and then you got to wait 20 minutes before you come back out and try to build on it. And so that was unfortunate that they didn't get going until the half. But that being said, they came out, and I think the first play of the half offensively was, you know, 46 yards or something like that to, uh, I believe it was Ari Wirtz. So uh, big play out of the locker room. They don't get points there, but then – you score uh, middle of the third, and, and then you kind of just hammer it home in the fourth. And it ends up looking statistically like an absolute domination, even though, Jay, I think you'd ask many involved, and, and they'd say, especially on Mars Hill's side, well, that game was a lot closer than the score indicated. Well, I, I think, you know, let's be honest, it was a little bit of nerve-wracking early because you saw ETSU get up and down the field, and you saw them get in scoring position. You mentioned, you know, the missed field goals. It was a fumble. Um, you know, it was another time they, they went in there early third, uh, went for it, I think, on fourth down, did not get it. So were opportunities missed. But finally, once ETSU kind of broke that barrier, and, and Harrison, I thought, did a good job to, to make amends, especially late that touchdown pass he caught, which I thought an interesting sidebar that all four touchdowns were scored by guys their first career ETSU touchdowns. Um, you know, the three receiving and the one rushing. That really obviously. signifies a new era, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're good. Uh, you know, and you saw the other flip side of it. The defense gave up, what, a 73-yard drive on, yep. the, on the first series. And, and certainly they were having trouble getting aligned and, and everything else. But then they just smothered Mars Hill from that point forward, yeah. including even forcing their turnover right after he tissue forced one. I think it was 45 yards in the next 23 plays or something. I mean, they. I, I know this. Before the backup quarterback hit that 55-yard bomb, that they had 73 yards that first drive, and the next two-plus quarters they had 80 combined because uh, they were about 150. And then they had the 55-yarder uh, with a backup quarterback and, and it just thought they were going to try to punch one in. But they were 0 for 3 on fourth downs. Most of the third-down conversions happened on the opening drive of the game. And the defense after the first drive really turned into what we thought the defense would be. One moment of the game that I really thought was a bit head-scratching from Mars Hill's side, early fourth quarter, you're down by a touchdown, deep in your own territory. You got third and 16, and uh, you get uh, you know 12 yards, make it fourth and four on a completion from Austin Brown to Tyus Nelson, and you go for it on fourth and four from your own 23 in a one-score game. And I know that as the underdog on the road going up a level, you have to draw, draw the line somewhere. I really question, though, that decision from Mars Hill. And, hey, it's Tim Clifton's team. He can do whatever he wants. But, you know, when you make a decision like that in a tight game, you're going to be questioned the next day, the next week, going into your next game. 
I wasn't sure that that was really the time to do what Clifton did because you're still in the game. I mean, you still have an absolute shot to pull that upset, at least send it to overtime. Uh, ETSU looked much the better team, I think, most of the night. Statistically, it shows that they were the better team, and they did a lot of great things on both sides of the ball. Special teams, of course, a little bit shaky. But with a 14-7 to game, I'm not sure I've seen a decision like that that's made me have pause more than the one Tim Clifton made. Well, the only thing I can figure out is you started to – the only thing is sometimes a gut feeling. Man's been coaching 25 years, probably thinking we need touchdowns, not field goals. We're going to have a hard time stopping them that point forward. And then really still even 14-7, they, they missed that. They get a hold, and then the turning point was the drop punt, right? Well, the, well, but it was 14-7 in the fourth, and then they turned it over on their own 10, and we scored the next play, Quay home. So it's 21-7. So that's literally a direct turning point right there where you say, well, instead of punting it away, ETSU takes over in their own territory, maybe our defense, which, while they're giving up a lot of yards, they didn't give up a lot of points, maybe we get a hold and then we start fresh on the next drive. You turn it over on your own 10-yard line, and seconds later, Quay Holmes gets into the end zone. So that is what I thought was that big turning point. The drop punt certainly is another one where you could point to, but... I'm just not sure with 14 minutes left in the game. And on that fourth and four, I know you have to do really uh, whatever you can um, to try and get that first down. But you lose 15 yards, fumble, and then obviously they recover their own fumble. But then, you know, at the 10-yard line, ETSU takes over because it's fourth down. Anyway, I don't know. I, that's just, to me, scratching my head. And Quay Holmes uh, certainly sniffed the end zone on the next right. play. That was a little bit of a defeated uh, defense possession for, for Mars. Wouldn't you be, though? I yeah, mean, wouldn't yeah. you be after your e- offense does something like yeah, that? Yeah, you know, and ETSU just blasted him off the ball. Holmes finds the end zone. It's 21-7. Then tack on one more uh, touchdown pass to Evan Wick. So four four players score their first career touchdown passes. What I was excited about uh, most was, was the running game. Quay Holmes, the first 100-yard rusher since Juwan Stinson in 2016. Jacob Saylor's, uh, you know, nine carries, 70 yards. And, boy, the, that's a redshirt freshman. And a true freshman, I think you have to be excited as far as that goes. And honestly, the receiving core, uh, a couple of tight ends or seniors. Uh, other than that, uh, Kobe Kelly, the rest of the receiving core will be back as well and to get a chance to to work with Logan Marshy, and you know, kind of assess him. I, I thought for the most part he did he did a phenomenal job of managing the offense. And you know, honestly, he threw a couple strikes there early and uncharacteristic drop balls kind of plagued ETSU. Uh, early in the contest, but certainly late in the contest, uh, you know, they were able to haul him in and, you know, uh, big catches by Harris. And I thought Ari Warts um, was able to kind of establish himself. Uh, boy, I tell you what, you can tell it was a tight end because he, he caught a pass, uh, a, a corner route, and, and was chugging down the field and probably could have hurdled a guy. But, no, he just lowered his head and tried <laughs> to run over a, a smaller defensive back. So, certainly you can see where he still has a little bit of tight end left in him. Well, and I think that Marchie overall, and Wirtz ended up being the second leading receiver on the day. It was Harrison Wirtz and then Kobe Kelly, of course, Harrison Kelly and uh, Wick ended up getting the touchdowns. But 17 completions, you're working around eight different receivers. So I think much like last year, and even maybe more so last year, but we're seeing it early this year as well, uh, Austin Herrick in 2017 found many different receivers because there was a lot of talent in that receiving core, and now working in some more tight ends and uh, really working in the running backs as well. I mean, Quay Holmes had two receptions. Jacob Saylor had two receptions. So they're going to use every position on the field, and 17-29, to 273, and three scores for Logan Marshy. That's a great stat line, and he showed the ability to work in every position. I certainly thought it was a good sign at Keith Coffey who's coming off that injury because he had a good true freshman campaign. 
had to sit out last season with an injury. I, I thought the play he made, number one, it was a third down play, but he, he used his hands to make the catch and then showed his explosiveness, which is why they brought him in to, to really what was a, a two, three-yard little quick hitch or slant and turn that into an 18-yard gain. So I was it was good to see Keith Coffey back on the field because if you can get him going with Harrison to stretch the field on the inside, Warts and Kelly. Now, that's the one advantage of having Warts play the wide position instead of tight end. He's still working inside, and that's exactly where he was uh, as a tight end at Georgia State. So certainly some guys that can make some plays. One more thing before we take a break. What did you think of the secondary? Getting the chance to see it live in a game for the first time. I, of course, was down in studio, so I wasn't the visual part of it. I was just hearing you describe it. So when you saw them, of course, Craig Rucker had a big game. He's a heck of a receiver, 10 for 36 and one score. No one else over 40 yards, and they throw for 249 on the day. Did they pass the eye test? I think uh, I think the, the the nice thing was to see Tyree Robinson come up as that as that strong safety and play the run. He had four or five tackles early in the game, filling the holes, getting downhill, and then he didn't have to make plays because the linebackers and defensive line were making plays from that point. I thought Artavia Smith was maybe the biggest question mark because he's such a talented athlete, and they've tried him at different positions. And uh, shocking, though, because he had played running back and wide receiver that he dropped a, He was in perfect position for an interception and dropped it. But I thought he was in, in, in great position. I thought it was a tough penalty on Karan DeLint. One, he clearly was beaten and, and decided to take the 15 over the 50-yard game. And it was one time I thought he played it about as good as he could, and an official across the field kind of flagged him. And that happens. Uh, but, but I thought the secondary, again, that will be a little more tested this week coming up. But I thought to get the safeties kind of involved with there, and I think if, if ETSU can get a little pressure, we'll transition to Tennessee here in just a second, but if they can get a little pressure, certainly is going to help uh, that secondary. But the first game, they looked a lot more in tune on what they have in years past, so the early answer is yes, but they're still young back there, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll step aside for a time at when we come back. The press conference for Randy Sanders, a little interesting yesterday, certainly a quote has made its rounds. We'll have that for you more. ETSU uh, press conference Monday, they did have it. There were some players. Uh, we'll run that later in, uh, in the week, but certainly Randy Sanders made some headlines. Uh, that well, I was on the ball hotline or balls calls whatever it was last night, and it was one of the first things they wanted to talk well, about. It so it, it, it had made the rounds because his uh, former teammate, uh, and, and roommate Jeff Francis was on that show as well. So he had he had some thoughts I'll share with ETSU fans on that as well. But ETSU, Sandos, and the sidekick. Bucks play Tennessee, the press conference from yesterday. We'll have the audio for you right after this timeout on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hey, hey, everyone settle down. What, what's all the commotion about? There's a new instant game watching in August. It's only a dollar? And there are 12 different versions featuring 12 different dogs? Celebrate the dog days of summer with a new Lucky Dog Instant Game. Collect the whole litter today, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or treasury management services. We can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local Citizens Branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, Go Bucks! Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! I feel like day after day it's all the same. I know there's more out there. I, I just can't reach out and grab it. <laughs> Does that sound crazy? Uh, no, but I'm a butcher. Perhaps a nice seafood dinner would help? Oh, gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No one's ever said that before. At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis, but they can offer a ton of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. in the sidekick. One thing I didn't think about, we actually have a FaceTime camera. Instead of having our regular camera, by the way, it's look, oh, yeah, like this. Yeah, a little bit of a, oh, yeah. a, bit of a basement oh, film. Yeah. Hey, yeah, there's yeah. my locker. We're going we're gonna to dress that up at some point. This is point, great so. for people listening to the podcast version. Yeah, all right. So, Santos and the sidekick, don't forget you can download us on iTunes. You can also get it on SoundCloud. You can subscribe uh, on RSS feeds. You can get that whenever you want. And uh, the very awkward sidekick. That. Mike Gallagher. Press conference yesterday. That's the beauty of it. You're coming at any angle. You don't on this know thing. where he's coming from. People. Yeah, the folks, press conference. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, Labor Day. I mean, people. I'm sure were grilling out, doing whatever, being with the family, and, and I'm sure there wasn't a whole lot of outside interest and outside attention paid to the podcast or uh, the uh, press conference yesterday. But the sound bites, as you mentioned, are definitely making the rounds. For uh, I asked that question. I'm going to be. I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Um, I was kind of not getting a lot from Coach Sanders. I was doing a lot of Mars Hill talk, and he wasn't really feeling it. You know, wants to move on, focus on Tennessee, and always the next game ahead, right? It was Monday, five days away, and they got to focus a lot of attention on Tennessee. But all I asked to get the one outrageous answer out of Coach Sanders, that which was absolutely fantastic, I think that will really endear him to fans. You know, it's not just the company stock answer. He is capable of giving some actual emotion, giving some honesty, and we'll get to that one in a second. But first, we do want to go back to Mars Hill. And Coach Sanders, I think, liked a few things about that contest, but pointed out more of the, uh, I don't want to say flaws, but more of the areas for improvement for ETSU after that first game against Mars Hill. I thought we did a good job of communicating up front on offense. You know, there were very, very few instances where we got 
confused in a blocking scheme and turn somebody loose. We didn't always execute it perfectly, you know, and that's where we can make improvements, but we, we didn't turn people loose. We didn't have glaring errors uh, as far as assignments that much. Um, you know, we, we didn't always throw it to the right guy. We didn't always catch it as well as we needed to. We uh, had a back fall down a couple of times when he had chances to make some plays, and, and, and we missed some blocks up front. But um, those things you can correct. Do you think Coach Sanders is talking about any one player or situation in particular? No, I, I mean, and in his mind, yes, but if you're asking me to pick it out, no. I'm, you know, coaches um, always seem to have, and that's a good question for a Crazy Coach Thursday, actually. I thought about yeah. running a couple sound bites nationally, obviously, but also finding one or two of Coach Sanders and saying, okay, what, what's he – you're trying to, as a coach, dip in the head of, of, of Coach Sanders. I, I'm sure in, he's got somebody – uh, or a, a particular situation. Cause sometimes you ask those questions, like they start talking, you can kind of see the gears turning on a specific player matter, but kind of like when, I, and you may even ask the question about maybe who surprised me. He's like, I don't want to start naming names well, that, to, to that the good it. or bad, and right? That, and that is it, and I think that that is something that's a little bit difficult to get used to with Coach Sanders because I don't think anyone there is out to trash anyone that's in the program, but even the positives, like you mentioned. I mean, I, I kind of asked him to name some people that he thought stood out, people that surprised him on the field, and, and give them some props so he could, you know, get their name out in the media and, you know, um, ha have a little bit of a, a stir about those players, make them feel good, and he just he didn't want it. He didn't want to name names either, like you said, to the bad, to the good. And I think the reason for that is is maybe a little bit of the belief that if a player knows he's doing good, then he's not as hungry. He's not pressing as much to make sure that he's doing even better the next play, the next game, the next snap, whatever it is. So uh, then we moved on to UT with uh, Coach Sanders, and he, of course, has been in a number of situations where he's gotten to return to a place where he's been before. He talks about a few of those, what it'll be like to go back to Tennessee and Neyland Stadium this week. The first time I went back in uh, 2006 at Kentucky, it was really, really strange. Uh, when I went back in 2008, it was still strange, but not as strange. 2010, different. I mean, it, it, it's always a unique experience going back. There's no question about that. But, um, you know, it, it's been a few years now. Most of the clothes I got from Tennessee still left over are starting to look kind of ragged. It's been that long. So what are your thoughts about what he means by strange? Because I wanted to ask the follow-up, oh, what do you mean by strange? But, you know, the Paris Conference Just the opposite, just because you're so used to it. Coach Forbes got the same question when first time we played in Thompson Bowling Arena. Strange walking out of the visitor locker room. It's strange just because you're you've been in that building for so long. And Coach Sanders was a player, then a decade's worth of or more of his assistant coach, offense coordinator. Everything he was used to got turned upside down when he went to Kentucky, and it's just new. So instead of walking out of this locker room, you walk out of the other end zone instead of. Here it's there. Then it's you're wearing a different, and that's his alma mater. He played at, so he's wearing a different color shirt, you know, um, and he's trying to beat his alma mater. You the know, things there's that are always taken for granted, right? Week, and, yeah. and, and and the other thing is, is and he's right. There there are so many people, you know, if you ever think about when you go back to your hometown, how many people stop and ask you how you're doing, and that and other, and then there are people doing that, you know, whether it's the ushers, security guards, whatever. And in the same token, you know, they're secretly telling you good luck, and they don't mean it. Let's be honest. They, <laughs> they don't mean it whatsoever. They are like, hey, good to see you again. Good luck. Just kidding. Hope we win, and I hope you win the rest of your games or whatever, or I hope you beat somebody we need you to beat because he was still in the SEC. I think it will be much different this time because the Bucks really aren't uh, competing with Tennessee that will affect them after this game. You know, it doesn't matter if ETSU – 
you know, beats Furman or Western or VMI or anybody like that. But when he was at Kentucky, it might have mattered if they needed him to upset Florida or if they needed a win over Vandy because of a tiebreaker. You know, he don't really have that. And, and so I think the more that, that he's gotten – the good news is he's been back before. I think it would have been tougher and more emotional maybe for him. This would have been the first time he would have been back in Neyland Stadium. But because he's been there and done that, I, I think it, it, it didn't matter whatsoever. Oh, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because I think it's always special to go back. But I, I think he's it's not as concerning to him because he's been there, done it, and he's been in the other locker room before. And he knows that it's a special place. And speaking of security and ushers, that's something he mentioned in this next soundbite. And the second part of the soundbite is what you really prefer. You love this mindset that Coach Sanders has as he goes into Neyland. It's a special place, and, and, and it's always fun to go back. Um, I know last time I was there, some of the ushers around the stadium, you know, some of the people doing security around the field, at the gate, the grounds, they're, all, they're the same people that were there when I was there. So it's always good to see them. You know, I, I told the players earlier, as much fun as it is to win at home, there's nothing like winning on the road. I love going into some place where they don't like you and beating them. I enjoy going on the road and making people upset more than I do making all our fans happy. No, don't get me wrong, that's important to me, and I like that. But just the feeling of going on the road and winning, there's, there's nothing like that in the world. And you love that. I, I do. I, I've always said, and I've talked to, to players about it, coaches about it, there's nothing better to me than hitting a game-winning shot or, or bases loaded to get a big ground out or a strikeout to end the rally. Or, or in football, it's a game-winning field goal to, to beat the other team. To have the other team's fans leave dejected and ruin their day, and maybe me and Coach Sanders have the same personality, personality flaw, right? Flaw. Yeah, that's exactly maybe we have said. the same personality flaw. But I, there's nothing more I like. I, I mean, winning at home is awesome. I, I don't want to take that for granted. And hitting a game-winning shot where you can jump on a scorer's table or, or, or catch a Hail Mary pass and run the student section and all that's fine and dandy. But I really like going on the road in somebody else's house where they've got throngs of fans that are just going to be Many utterly case, yes. you know, disappointed and just hate the rest of their day. There is nothing – or week, for that matter. Or a year. Entire year. Fine. Would be you can ruin a whole season that way. I love going in there and doing that. And so I agree with him. I, I think it's much better. Plus, let's be honest, it's harder. I mean, you go in there, you have to feel better as a team if you go on the road and you pull off one of those upsets. Uh, uh, again, it's it, I love a home win because the fans and everybody's there as well, but there's something special uh, about a road win, and especially if it's a road win and a big upset. Here's the big sound bite, and I'll tell you the question I asked. It was pretty basic, pretty simple, and I didn't expect Coach Sanders to go this way with it. I'm glad he did because it was fantastic, but I simply asked what would going into Neyland and getting that upset mean to you personally i'd have that goalpost thrown over my shoulder coming back up the interstate huh i can, I can tell you i wouldn't be riding no bus i'd be walking probably naked with the thing on my shoulder okay i'm not supposed to say that but you know obviously it, it would be an unbelievable experience I, I'd, I'd been back i think four times at kentucky we never were able to pull it off came close a couple of times but we're never able to do it yeah so <laughs> naked the first thing last night, well, not the first thing, maybe the first, second question I got, and I was on the, the Vols call, the Vol hotline, whatever they have with uh, Bob Kessling and, and Pat Ryan and Jeff Francis. Jeff Francis was uh, a former quarterback at Tennessee, was not only a teammate of Randy Sanders, it was his roommate. And he led with, because they had the quote immediately, they were ready to go, <laughs> and it's made its rounds already. But 
Jeff Francis was like, you know, Jay, I'm just going to say this, but I don't know that he would have been a good look for him while he was still playing. Wow. So I know it's not a good look now. And then, and then Bob Kessling shoots back, well, well, you know, is he going to take a shower first? And I was like, Bob, if the Christmas miracle happens, there's no way the man's going in to shower. No. He's just going to strip down there, grab the goalpost, and to be honest, he may pick up a big throng. once As he gets past Sevierville, Morristown, Rogersville, Greenville, he's going to pick up more, more of a more. following as they go. Uh, and let's imagine, it's, it's almost similar. The big thing I remember is when App State beat Michigan back in 2007, the students bum-rushed the field, took the goalpost down, and delivered it on the chancellor's steps. Wow. So when he came home, hey, go post. <laughs> they got to pay to do that. So I think it would be something similar like that. Now, obviously, Coach, and it's a it's a tough question and everything to answer because it's one of those. You have to do a little introspective thinking, a lot of reflecting, and you have to come up with an answer in about two seconds. So you're right. Right. And, and, you know, and for ETSU fans, and that's exactly what, you know, they want to hear, though. They, they don't want to hear we're going in there to get a check and go right. home going in there to try to win the game, however realistic it is. I think last time I saw one of those football power indexes things, I think we had a 0.6 chance. So, you know, the old dumb and dumber. That is a chance. So you're that saying there's a chance. a chance. So, and, you, you know, stranger things have happened in sports. If they win, it would be a fun conversation. I know uh, the Tennessee folks um, and the media knocks have already started a naked watch. <laughs> so it's really taken off, and they're going to be everybody's going to be naked. They're going to be concerned if they're still concerned about it come mid late third quarter. Now, do you think that this upset, should it happen, is on the level of App State Michigan? And you were on the receiving end of that as a Michigan. Here, player. here's here, and I, that, I that's was, what everyone wants. To compare I was to, asked right? that question as well. Yes. My thing to that is, is that App State had won a couple of national championships, correct. correct, and was on their way to their third straight, but. ETSU went 13 years without football, and this is the first major game they would have played. I think it's a huge difference because ETSU's only beaten one road team okay. in three years. I think the counter-argument to that, though, is Michigan at the time was still a relatively prominent program. They were, they were fifth in the country going into that Tennessee game. hasn't been prominent on the national scene in many many years so is there something on either side where it's yes Appalachian oh State, yeah, yeah. Better you, than you could spin it either way okay you so, could spin it either way my, just my argument would be a team that's won several national championships is different than a team that's won one road game and didn't even have football five years ago and a team that is fifth in the nation is much different from a team in the first year of the, their head coach oh yeah and then much it's been different. down for a long long time so i think that it oh, can yeah. cut both ways like you said so I, well you want to spin it one way you can also spin it the other way and obviously it would be absolutely well, massive and, and michigan the year before had actually played ohio state for the right to get in the the championship game right. and, and it lost. So you could argue they're game away from right. playing for national title on, on that level. So, uh, again, you could spin it e- either way. Um, I spun it as it would be greater because I'm an ETSU guy, so I just want to be better in App State and everything it. we do in yes, life. Uh, it may not be true, but that's what I strive for. If so, only in our minds. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's we're totally we're okay. a little tad long because I – and and I don't want to go too far long because – ticked off Tuesday with Angry Man. Worth every minute. I don't want him to be more angry at me. <laughs> so I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we will have uh, ticked off Tuesday with the angriest man I know. We'll do it after this timeout. Don't forget, this is Santos and Sidekick. You can download us. You can subscribe to us, SoundCloud, iTunes. You can also watch us here on Facebook Live. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. 
Nicewanger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit NicewangerChildrens.org. That's NicewangerChildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a Dave's Double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Yo, can I get a... Hey, 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 I cannot wait uh, for the ever-popular angry man. He is the random angry dude. Last and week he was hates... parking, right? Yep, yep. But he does hate everything that I think normal people hate. Plus although, a lot more. Although it's a lot more aggressive than other people. So, angry man, you have the floor. You know what I hate the most, guys? <laughs> I can't wait. Waiting. Waiting. 
Okay. Yeah, waiting. Continue. Continue. <laughs> Went you have anything head there, behind uh, that? Sidekick. All right. Anyway, you know <laughs> what? This uh, Saturday, this past Saturday, was September 1st, right, guys? Correct. Yeah, I don't know. Correct. I have no idea. So we had uh, college football start this past weekend for the most part on a full schedule, which means we're inching a little bit closer to NFL season and fantasy football. Have you yes. ever been a commissioner of a 14-team league? No. Well, let me tell you something. When you have a bunch of prima donnas that can't make up their mind or make a decision and like to tell the commissioner some funny jokes that are not that quite funny, you know what? It's not funny! So, <laughs> I've got so many questions. Are these people your friends? Because it sounds like you No, no, no. Here, here's the first question. First of all, uh, it, are you asking for, like, is there, like, Need to be rules adjustment? Is it like a draft? Like, like when can we draft? It's probably I mean, money what, collection. I'm sure. This is just a fun league for trash talk and bragging rights and all that stuff. But Clearly some have taken it too far. And No, but we've had the same people in the league for years. Okay, so let's start this off. Same people in the league for years. A week before the draft, someone backs out surprisingly. So that got me going. And then people are like, hey, when's the draft? When's the draft? When's the draft? Well, you know what? We've had this draft or this this league for years. It's always been Labor Day weekend, either the Sunday before Labor Day or Labor Day night. So, guys, don't get in a tizzy. It is coming. It's going to get set up. Quit bugging me. It's, the, the draft is going to happen. So, all of a sudden, we said, as it's a good commission, I like to have good communication skills. Hey, what day works better, Sunday or Monday? Well, we get more people that say Monday. Well, the people that say Sunday get pissed off. Well, sorry, guys. I want everyone there that could be there. More people could be there Monday. We're going to do the draft Monday. Well, in our league, you can also trade draft picks. So I get the, get the teams finalized. I get the draft picks installed. All of a sudden, I get a text message. Uh, those draft picks are null and void since we changed some of the league scoring settings. Let's redo uh, the draft uh, status. So it's one thing after another. 14-team league. Trying to balance work, family life, everything else, and then you get these prima donnas that want to tell you how it is. Well, I think that you having a job and family is a massive upset from hearing what we hear from you every week. The fact that you are able to hold those things down and still have so much anger and people still want to be around you, angry man, is absolutely fantastic for you because, quite honestly, this type of anger is severely unhealthy. Uh, I think that all of us have days like this where we kind of stuff it down, but clearly you, at some point during the last four or five years, stuffed too much down there and it's just exploded out of your head, face, everywhere. My question is, did you like your draft and then I have a sidebar? I like the early stages of the draft, but you know, a 14-team league is quite hefty, so you have to be strategic in how you select players, so the late round picks, eh, we'll see, hopefully you hit a home run with a, a, dark, horse, a dark horse pick here or there, but I think uh, my, dra- my draft grade was a B. I projected to go about 500. So as long as I can make the playoffs, that's all I'm looking forward to doing. Well, who you're an you're, you're average you? man, right? Average angry man. Who made you commissioner of this league? Well, I adopted it because the old commissioner, Tuna, was horrible. <laughs> yes. Horrible. Tuna. Everybody's Let's talk tuna about tuna. Does tuna. He, does, yeah. Let me ask you this. Is he one of those guys that if he sweats a lot, he smells like uh, marinade mayonnaise, or, or what are we Where'd talking about? Where did the nickname about? come from? There's a couple different outlets, but some people say he liked to eat a lot of tuna sandwiches on road trips. 
I think that's what he said. And other people say, you know, when, when you sweat a lot, some strange smells come out of your <laughs> And I know. I'm a big guy. I know what happens. But, but, he, but let me tell you this. Because when he was the commissioner, he changed settings during the year that affected outcomes from previous weeks, and it changed wins to losses for people. Who does that? Oh, yeah. Tuna. I know. That's right. Tuna. You told me about it. Yes. The – because there were people that had ties, and people didn't want ties, so then he went and changed the, the league setting. So you wake up one morning, instead of having two ties, you had two <laughs> losses. <laughs> That's right. I, that sounds like a fun league. How could you not want to be in that? All right, quick question uh, on my sidebar, Angry Man. Where does fantasy draft uh, people annoy you on this meter? Are they above or below people who don't scrub their dishes completely with dish soap before putting them in the dishwasher. Okay. Like crusted cheese stuck to a bowl. Where, where does this rank? The dishwasher is a lot higher. I, that ticks me off more than anything. You're going to put dirty dishes in a dishwasher, hit start, and you get the, the dishes back out, and they're still dirty. You have to scrub off some of that crusty melted cheese because it's not all going to come out in the dishwasher. That ranks higher that people take it to the very last second to get a draft pick in. I do not like that dishwasher. Okay, parking or dishes? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped him. Oh, gosh. You stopped him. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's a close oh one. this is escalated. I'm go parking because even after last week's rant, I've been more conscientious about that. Every time I see a car parked wrong, it just gets me going. Now, what did you think about the grill that is still parked out in the parking lot from tailgating on? Oh, Saturday? I love I'm sure that. You is, saw that. It, it, yeah. is, some, is somebody marking? Here's the somebody brought up a good point. Is somebody tailgating Tuesday before class, like like they tailgated Sunday, Monday, and now Tuesday before class, or are they literally so fired up for two weeks from now they just said, you know what, I'm leaving it right there. I hope they left it there to get their spot. I hope they love that spot. They left it there, and then hey, you know what? If students want to go out there and use it for a, going to class tailgate. More freedom to you. Well, well, this is a tough one because you love food, Angry Man, from my understanding of the man we are talking to, but you also hate people that do things with parking spots. So a grill parked in a parking spot, and in fact, it was two parking spots. It was right on the line. Oh, that's that right. It did take up two. For you. That is a complete conundrum. Well, you know what? You can also remove the grill, park your car, and then went on your way out, put the grill back in there, maybe light up the grill and have a couple hot dogs, a steak, and a burger, and go on to your day. It sounds like you may be speaking from experience. It sounds like that's something that you are planning with that grill. That would be a great idea. Thanks, Angry Man. All right, Angry Man. See you next week. Ticked off Tuesday with Angry Man. Boy, it didn't disappoint either. So it's uh, escalated quickly. And I'm, it's amazing he got that fired up about fantasy football. I can't imagine uh, but then the, dishes, the rest of the no. – The dishes took the cake. But, uh, that that's, that's actually the that, that's the barometer. So I know him well enough to know that we're going to have to ask him as he gets angry, where does it fall on the dishwasher list? Because, because if it gets above the dishwasher list, he's pretty fired up. Like right. he's always mad, but he's really fired up if it gets above the dishwasher list of the crusted cheese. That's I, all I know. I can't wait for the mowing the lawn ramp because you know that one's coming pretty soon. That or the neighbors get off my lawn. He's the <laughs> oldest. He's the oldest, uh, probably third oldest year old man soul, of all time. Yeah, yeah exactly. unbelievable. All right, when we come back, guess what? Tennessee is coming to Johnson City a couple times this week, but we'll deal with it one at a time. Volleyball tonight. We'll set up uh, with our play-by-play man for ESPN Plus, Mike Gallagher. We'll break down that contest for you. When we come back on Santos and the Sidekick podcast, don't forget iTunes. You can subscribe. You can download. Same thing with SoundCloud. 
And we also try to give you a little bit of face time, which I know you don't want on uh, Facebook Live, but we do it anyway. So Santos and Sidekick, back for more after this timeout on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. 19- 13. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. The volunteers, the volleyball team comes to town to take on Lindsay Devine and Brooks Jim. 7 p.m. start. That will also be on ESPN+. Plus. If you're in town, we'd love to see you inside Brooks Gym. Give a nice home court advantage. Plus, uh, I've always argued this, one of the best things going is women's college volleyball. It is fast. It is exciting. It is, uh, it's more physical than people think. They think volleyball, that's a set here. There is some power behind some of the spikes that go on in a college volleyball match. I encourage you to see that. And it starts the uh, Bucks Balls week, if you will. We got volleyball tonight at uh, Brooks Gym. Summers Taylor Stadium on Thursday is women's soccer, Tennessee versus ETSU, and then obviously the football team on the road Saturday. We'll continue to break that down Thursday. Athletic director for Tennessee, Philip Fulmer, will be on the show. We'll also Friday try to break down the game a little bit with Austin Herrick. We'll also uh, hopefully have someone from Tennessee's side 
uh, a beat writer, a, a columnist, something to try to join us. We were efforting that as we speak. So we got a lot of build-up Thursday and Friday for the football game. But tonight, Mike Gallagher, you got the call. What's the breakdown between the Vols and the Bucks? Well, it's a very interesting coaching matchup. Rob Patrick was at Tennessee for 21 years and gave his resignation at the end of the 2017 season, about three or four weeks before his contract was up, had five straight losing seasons, and just wasn't the same program that it was in the late 2000s, uh, early 2010s, and going back even to uh, the early 2000s and mid-2000s when they had just some incredible seasons advanced as far as the Final Four and then round of 16 as well. Rob Patrick is kind of all that University of Tennessee volleyball knows. Uh, 16 of the 18 All-Americans that they've had in program history have come under his watch. And so with him gone, it was a big hire for Philip Fulmer and the entire um, athletic uh, staff to make because you're talking about a program that is looking to get back to prominence after some years here recently that have uh, not gone how they'd like. And Eve Rackham is who they chose, and she's a big name around college volleyball. You're talking about a nine-season tenure at University of North Carolina, which is her alma mater. She's the all-time leading assist getter there, 12.52 assists per set, which is just outrageous for a game or two, let alone an entire four-year career where they made the NCAA tournament four times. She knows that landscape well, went back, and is known as a very – just impressive recruiter. She can go out and get uh, and pretty much anyone that's out there. She's uh, had 17 top 100 prospects during her time as recruiting coordinator at North Carolina, and they go with her. And it's an incredible start to the 2018 season and her time at Tennessee. They're 6-0. and Michigan State was their first opponent, ranked number 22 in the country. They beat them in four sets. They've only lost two sets the entire year. As far as ETSU goes, talk about impressive starts. And Coach Lindsey Devine in her 16th season now, over 250 career wins. Of course, University of Kentucky the opponent in the first round last year in the NCAA tournament as they got back to that point. And Coach Devine is as good as they come and has as good of a resume as most coaches out in the landscape. So Coach Rackham versus Coach Devine, ETSU's 5-1 and one against a 6-0 and o UT team. And the Bucs are going to throw everything at you. They've got A.J. Lux, they've got Leah Clayton, they've got some experience. And really most of their rotation from last year is back. So they've added some freshmen, a couple others have gone, but really the core of this group that went to the NCAA tournament last year is back. Well, the one thing that uh, there was a, a, a very good connection with uh, ETSU in Tennessee for quite some time when he was there, uh, Rob was there, um, he took a couple assistants from head coach Lindsey Devine. Uh, Rachel Cooper and Nikki Daly both left Coach Devine to join the Tennessee staff. So there was a great respect b- between those two coaches. And, and again, a d- different setup now, uh, uh, clearly, with the new coach, and, and we'll see if that continues. But I know those coaches really got along, really shared a lot. And to show you how, how much he thought of Coach Devine, the way she was teaching not just the players but teaching the coaches that he was able to pick – uh, Rachel Cooper up liked hers enough, and when she moved on, he, he picked another assistant off uh, ETSU staff to, to fill that void. I think the biggest point is really just one senior uh, on last year's squad is gone, and as you mentioned, that core is back. They've added a nice little uh, couple pieces to what they had last year, and certainly the, the dominant start uh, to the season. Include, last weekend was incredible, the run they had. Yeah, and uh, on bold predictions, I said that it would be three, three straight, uh, three set wins, and that's exactly what happened. Three state, straight, three set wins for ETSU volleyball, and they look fantastic. They took care of Tulsa, took care of uh, UMBC, and and closed out the weekend with a win as well. So, Leah Clayton hitting off a pin. 4.79 kills per set. Big South freshman of the year at Liberty before she came over last year. Was kind of the number two 1A option really to Riley Millhorn, who had such an incredible career for uh, Coach Devine and company here for the Bucks. And now you've got Clayton being featured a lot more, and she's really come into her own as her efficiency is up just a tick. She 
uh, made a lot of errors, had a lot of errant hits last year, but this year she's making the most of her chances. Then you've got A.J. Lux swinging off the other pin, and in the middle, three incredible middle blockers, Kayla Massey, um, Braden Tutton, and Mariah McPartland are all going to wreak havoc at the net. What ETSU has to watch out for is Tessa Grubb, someone that injured her shoulder last year, had a substandard 2017 for what she's used to, but that shoulder injury really was bothering her. It wasn't ever really 100%, said Rob Patrick, but now she's come back with a vengeance. She looks very good, and there's a couple of others, including a first-year um, for uh, – Tennessee that is coming in and has provided a lot of support at the net, Lily Feltz. So there's a lot back for UT. There's a lot back for ETSU. This is going to be a fantastic matchup. UT is receiving votes in the volleyball poll. ETSU is always a team to be reckoned with at the mid-major level and even going into the postseason. So um, if you're looking for a game to come to, if you're an ETSU fan, uh, tonight is the one for ETSU Volleyball. I want to see everybody out as much as they can all the time, but Tennessee set an attendance record against Michigan State over 2,300. We want an attendance record tonight for ETSU. I think the big thing, uh, if you haven't been to Brooks Gym lately, uh, rather it was last year with what they were doing with the women's basketball and volleyball, fixing the seating, they fixed the sound in there. It's got a new paint job. The, the new seating is in. But the, the big thing is the students. I think Coach Devine and her players do a great job of self-promoting. So the student section is usually pretty ruckus. We're expecting as well for the students. There's free pizza. There's a first, I think there's 50 shirts that's going to be given out to those fans that, that come by, the students that I should say that are coming by. But it is, a, a you know, obviously it's a big deal when you can get an SEC, ACC type team to come to your place in any sport and certainly to get it a couple of times this week is important but I, I think coach Devon does a great job and they have been in her tenure if you look at her winning percentage at home been very dominant inside Brooks gym and so I, I think you know Tennessee could be ripe for the picking here especially as hot as ETSU's playing plus this is going to be a big crowd not to say that Tennessee is not used to playing and big venues and big crowds, they certainly are in the SEC. But sometimes you kind of get that in a little bit different setting in the gym, right? And it's a little bit different feel. And there's a different energy, I think, for mid-major schools that host sort of the big – it's a different feel than just a normal SEC, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee. I think it's it's a, it's a little different. The other thing is, is you know, ETSU, last couple times they've gone to the tournament, they played an SEC school in Kentucky. So, again, I think they know what they're, they're going up against. And, and I'll be curious to see if ETSU gets out to a hot start. I also like the rule change of the intermission. So, instead of going that weird 10-minute, not a halftime, but intermission between the second and third set, it almost never failed. You would see a team and win the first two sets. You take a 10-minute break. All of a sudden, the third set, it changes the whole complexion. It's just three minutes now. I think almost like a normal change in, in – uh, 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 sets and so I think that could be important for ETSU uh, or whoever if, if they were to jump out to an early set lead to have that quick turnaround just keep that momentum going. I think it'll be nice to really have these three events in the same week and the buy-in I hope is there from ETSU fans that this is Tennessee week. I mean you're you've got in-state rivalries here in matchups that are going to be top-notch. I mean women's soccer ETSU has scuffled a bit out of the gate but has a lot of talent on uh, that on that pitch over at Summers Taylor Stadium and on Thursday that's going to be a great matchup against Tennessee, who's nationally ranked. And then, of course, uh, Tennessee in volleyball is just outside that top 25. And to have two 
kind of masterminds of coaching on the bench and um, directing their players on the court. The Leah Clayton's, the Tessa Grubbs, and every specialist is back for UT as well in terms of liberos and setters. And Alyssa Cavarda has come into her own for ETSU this year. She split time last year with Lexi Libs. Libs has gone at Jacksonville State now, and Alyssa Cavarda is leading the SoCon in assist per set. And then, of course, there's Maria Popovich, who was the libero of the year last year in the Southern Conference. This is going to be as good a volleyball as you'll be able to see the entire year. And then, of course, on Saturday, against UT at Neyland. But you're absolutely right. Put this game in an atmosphere like Brooks Gym. There's going to be some Tennessee fans there. ETSU fans should take that as a challenge. Show up, be loud, and cheer on the box. 7 o'clock will be our coverage on ESPN Plus of that contest. Tennessee and ETSU will not have coverage, but there is a men's soccer game today at 4 o'clock. Dave Casper and his squad getting the match on the pitch and move that to 4 o'clock so the folks can watch that and then make their way over to Brooks Yeah, so now you can even make a whole day of it. I mean, get off work a little bit early, go down to Summers Taylor Stadium, the Bucks on the pitch are off to a, a solid start on the men's side. I, I think they've gotten some results early on where they're happy with those, also see a little bit of room for improvement, so they're hoping to have that right before conference season starts and then head over to Brooks. You can make five, six hours out of it, uh, get two sports in one day for the Bucks, and then going into Thursday against UT for women's soccer. You can experience every team fall sport in a span five days. Don't forget, 7 o'clock tonight, ESPN Plus. It is Tennessee ETSU inside Brooks Gym. Volleyball action. Mike Gallagher will have the call for you. Tomorrow, coming up, Mystery Guest Wednesday, Lando's Land, and we'll break down that volleyball match, and we'll start to turn the page and look towards Saturday's contest between Tennessee and ETSU. You got a bold prediction on tonight's game? Uh, Five-setter, a thriller, and if you miss it, I can't help you. There's no helping you at all, so make sure to be there because this one's going to be good. Santos and Sidekick, don't forget the podcast. You can download it, SoundCloud, iTunes, sign up for the RSS feed. We'll be back with more Santos and the Sidekick tomorrow. So, again, we break down the volleyball match, look to football, Lando's landing. I can't wait for our mystery guest. Santos and Sidekick on the Bucket Sports Network.